you are stronger than, than you think. And we all are, but it's, it's a journey and knowing that it, it all boils down to knowing your worth, loving yourself and attracting all you deserve. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 670. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I feel like I'm speaking on two times. I am only one cup of coffee in for this morning, but I am speaking on two times because I am so excited about the guests that we do have with us today, but let me give you a little backstory on me in case this is your first time listening. In 2010, I left my first husband, who was my high school sweetheart. I had stuck with him longer than I really should have. And to be fair to us both, we never should have gotten married. In 2002, I got pregnant. We got married because we felt and our families felt it was the right thing to do. For all of you women and all of you men who are listening, because I know it can go both ways, if you are ever in a mentally abusive situation, if you are ever in a physically abusive situation with your spouse or significant other, I feel it is my responsibility, welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, where we have bloopers every single episode, (laughs) to let you know that you have options. You do not need to stay. And I have no doubt that you, Simone, our fabulous guest today, will probably agree with me. But please, listeners, don't hang on because you're waiting for it to get better. I mean, you can give it a shot. Give it a good shot if you're going to give it a shot. But if you realize that you are still in jeopardy, if you're still being emotionally abused, please do what you have to do to protect yourself and any other parties involved to get to a safe place and a safe space in your life. But with all that said, our fabulous guest today is Simone Allison. And Simone is a empowerment coach. And I had my cheat sheet right here in front of me. And then I got really distracted. A female empowerment coach from Empower Her by Simone. Wow. I just can't wait to see how many people we can support through this episode. Would you mind sharing a little bit of your backstory? Because I mean, I know it, but I feel like we need to let listeners hear your story now, especially the ones who might be going through it on their own. Yes. Well, thanks for having me, Kim. I really, I'm happy to be here. Oh, you are so welcome. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah. There are a lot of, there are a lot of us out there. A lot of women have been on this journey and yeah, my, my journey began in 2017. I was in a marriage uh, for 17 years. It turned out to be, and I didn't even realize this because, you know, hindsight is always 2020, but I realized when I left in 2017 that I was married for 17 years to a narcissist. And I was playing the role of a codependent and had no idea about that either. And so when I left in 2017, I moved out on my own with my kids. And then my father, a month later, was diagnosed and hospitalized for fourth stage laryngeal cancer. So I had those two things going on. And then in addition to that, I witnessed a traumatic incident that involved my father while he was in the hospital. Mm. And so that created PTSD symptoms. 
So I was going through all of these three things at once. So it was really, really a challenging time for me and healing took a while. In the midst of all of that, my ex and I tried to reconcile. And when we did, like you had mentioned, Kim, you know, that's when, you know, they always say that you always see the true colors in someone when you're of no use to them, when you're no longer of use to them. And so that's when I saw his true colors come out. And I was on the receiving end of physical, mental, and emotional abuse. And so I moved out of, you know, that circumstance, that living situation, and back to my apartment and began to try to heal. And I remember saying to myself, my God, it took a lot to to leave that because the thing is, you know, sometimes when you're experiencing the anxiety, the depression, which is what I was experiencing at the time, and the symptoms of PTSD, I was holding on to that relationship for dear life because I knew that when I, if I did leave again, I would be on my own. So it was a very scary situation for me when I did leave that second time, but it took every fiber of my being to leave. And I did. And I'm grateful that I did because it was a journey back to loving myself. And I didn't realize that again until I had left. Had you lost yourself? Absolutely. I lost myself in my marriage. I did. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing is I, you know, I had, I had, I went to school, I, I went to college, I got my degrees. I have a master's in mental health therapy. I, I practiced. And then I remained home as a stay-at-home mom for a number of years. And so I just kind of, like you said, lost myself and just kind of devoted all of my energy and attention to him. And I didn't realize I was doing that. And the thing is, I probably should have realized because I was so unhappy and I didn't know why. I didn't know why I was so unhappy, but it was because my soul was crying, was screaming for something more, for something that I had come here to do. I needed to do something now. I needed to fulfill my mission here on this planet. So I was very unhappy in the relationship and didn't know why. And sometimes that happens. We lose ourselves. And, you know, women are natural born empaths. We're natural givers. And so sometimes we don't even recognize the fact that we are putting all of our eggs in that basket and not keeping some for ourselves. And so it's so important to to recognize that and, and try to switch that before it becomes part of the dynamic in the relationship. So it had become part of our dynamic. But again, I only realized that when I left. I only did that, you know? But it's okay. It's, it's all part of the journey. And I realized that. And, you know, from it, I realized that everything happens for us. Nothing happens to us. You know, what I learned was that we have all come here, our souls, before, they, before we incarnated, our souls knew what we would face, what challenges we would face. And the reason that we come here to experience these challenges, these difficult situations, whether it's abuse or heartbreak or whatever, is for our souls to grow and expand. And 
you know, we don't remember that, obviously, but that's what we've all come here for. And it's just, you know, we've come here to grow, expand, and move towards love. And that is the purpose of life. It's movement toward love. So I thought that my purpose when I graduated high school, I mean, I was so naive when Uh I graduated high school, just need to put that out there, but I don't know that anybody's not. Oh yeah. I was totally naive. Would that be fair? (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that I was going, I went to art school. I got my degree in interior architecture and I had huge dreams of becoming super successful designer in Manhattan, living in a (laughs) loft apartment like Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore and Ghost, you know. You got to shoot high. Hey. Got to shoot high. I thought that was it, you Uh know. And then I got in, I remember well, I grew up in Western New York, which is entirely different. And my classmates constantly reminded me is entirely different than being in any of the boroughs of New York City. They had a nice word for it, which I will not repeat to protect <laughs> children's ears. So, you know, I was first introduced to things like Prada uh-huh. <laughs> when I was at school, but I quickly realized that and no offense to people who appreciate Prada. I mean, I'm not going to turn down a Prada bag or a Kate Spade or anything like that if somebody wants to give it to me. Yes, please. But I realized, you know, that saving up my money to buy a $100 Prada pencil case wasn't on my list of priorities, you know, and I grew up in a divorced household. Mm -hmm. So the last thing that I ever wanted to do was get divorced. And my, my husband was my first real serious boyfriend, my first husband. So I felt like I was going to be a quitter. Right. I was constantly being babysat, like even Mm -hmm. in college, 16 hours apart if I was not in my dorm room when he called, I would hear about it. Wow. But I I just thought this was it. I'm, if I break up with them, I'm never going to find somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you want to be with me, you have to move to New York yes. City. Well, I already had a job in Chicago, but I gave it up yes. to go be with him in New York City. Right, right. And it was the same thing, you know, and then after it just went on and on and on. And so we were together from 1997 until I left him in 2010. Right. But that's that's the thing. I mean, I think that's basically what we most many women women go through, and it really boils down to knowing your worth. And so, you know, we a lot of us sometimes stay far too long because we don't know our worth. And it's only in leaving that I learned my worth. You know, so it was also the, a journey of of discovering who I was and what I had to offer. Once we know who we are and what we have to offer, our reality just makes this huge shift. And we then begin to attract everything that we deserve, whether it's love, which is the greatest of all the abundances, you know, there's love, Mm -hmm. finances, everything. We just begin to attract everything we deserve. And the universe just responds. You know, once we're vibrating, because we are made of energy, right? As spiritual beings having this human experience, we're made of energy. So once we are vibrating at a higher frequency, we then attract everything that we deserve. And it's all about knowing who you are, what you're worth, and loving yourself. Then you can get everything that you want and deserve. And sometimes it takes those hard journeys as, you know, heartbreak or or going through something, you know, difficult, like something abusive emotionally, but knowing that your soul came here to experience that so you can grow, so you can expand, so you can take that story and become all that you were created to be, you know, and, and that's what it's, once we recognize that our perception of 
our circumstances changes incredibly drastically. And we realize that, okay, this happened for me, not to me. Mm-hmm. And then we get out of the the victim mindset because I was in victim mentality for a long, long time. But what I I began to get messages from the universe telling me, listen, you got to change the the content of your thoughts because if you don't change the content of your thoughts, your vibration is going to be low and you're going to keep attracting what you don't want. Were you raised with that mentality? Because I certainly wasn't. No, not I was at all. Catholic household. <laughs> yes. And, and I did not, I mean, it took me literally, okay, 2008, I was trying to run my first business and became suicidal because I wasn't sleeping, sleep deprivation. Mm -hmm. Everybody has major consequences. Right. Of course. Yourself sleep. So when I told my ex that I was suicidal, I was committed to the mental hospital, which I am now grateful for. I was Uh pissed at the time though. Okay. (laughs) But coming out of that, I lost my job. Mm. Again, another gift mm-hmm. and met a chiropractor here in Ohio who introduced me to the law of attraction. Uh-huh. And in that day, my life entirely switched. Yes. That was 2009 when I realized that I was the only one who controlled my happiness. Yes. And I am not saying that there are not days still where I struggle and I allow, and I have to say, I allow. Uh-huh. I don't give other people the power, but I allow other people to have the power, yes. which I shouldn't do. Right. There are still those days. But in that moment in 2009, I realized I'm the one. I control yes. my happiness. Yes. And I will never forget him coming home. I was burning the curry again. I do not cook. <laughs> I burn. You know, and he, he started in and I just looked at him and I, and I smiled and you should have seen his face. Why are you smiling at me? I was like, you no longer have the right to determine my happiness. I love it. And his face just shot back. His his whole head just shot back. And he's like, oh, S-H-I-T. Right. What, what, what just happened? <laughs> what just happened? I just, yep. Yes, I love it. I love <laughs> it. It was awesome. Yes. But to answer your question, yeah, I grew up in a household, a Catholic household as well. Um, so no, I had no idea about any of this. And so this all just happened for me. I mean, I wanted to, what happened was I began to meditate and in meditating, I, I believe what happened was I kind of opened myself up to receiving guidance because I was just so stoic in being Catholic, you know, and that was all I knew. And I was like, there's nothing other than that, you know? So when I began to meditate, Then I began to receive messages from the universe. And then I started to second guess myself. Is this really happening? Am I really receiving messages? 11, 11, 12, 12, 15, 15, you know, considering like right before we jumped on here and I was like, it's 11, 11, great things are happening. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's the thing. The universe is here for all of us. It's here to support us. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're so stuck in, what's happening in our lives. If if we're in a negative space, um, and that's my dog shaking herself here. (laughs) I'm sorry. I have had my dog. You don't need to apologize. (laughs) I have had a cat get stuck in my window blinds during your recording. Oh, no. So it is totally cool. (laughs) Well, I love the (laughs) fact that your show is like, you know, accepting of bloopers. I love it. I love it. This is life. Yes, exactly. It's never perfect Mm -hmm. ever. No. But sometimes you feel like you're alone on your journey, you feel alone. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I, I'm in this all alone. And you're, we're really not. We are supported. 
and we are being guided and knowing that you can get through it, you know, is, is huge. And it, it's, it gets you through from moment to moment, day to day, and, and then onward until you, you heal and you do heal, but it does take time. But um, yeah, so all of this started happening for me, like after I left the marriage. And I remember one day I was really, really negative and I was in a negative space and getting, and getting triggered in the flashbacks, et cetera, and the anxiety. And I, I called out to, the, to my angels and I said, angels, I, I need to see a sign. I need to see a sign that I'm not alone because I feel all alone. And I remember going down in my apartment building in the elevator to get the mail. And I got back in the elevator to come back to the apartment. And the elevator opened and down on the floor was a white feather. I'll never forget that. And that was my sign. That was the sign that you're not alone. That was the sign I asked for. And what was a white feather doing inside of an apartment building on the floor right outside of of the elevator? And so, you know, just knowing that we are supported, we are guided. And the thing is, you know, angels are not, they don't have wings. They're energy. It's energy. They're a higher vibrating energy than we are, much, much higher. But they're here for us. And they present themselves in the form of, you know, human form, but with, with wings, because that's how we portray them on paper. And so we came up with the idea that that's how they looked. And so they appear to us like that, but angels are just energy and we're supported. And it's, it's so important to know that we are so that we don't feel alone and knowing that we will get through whatever it is that we're going through. Absolutely. Now, do you want to hear a crazy angel story? (laughs) Well, I would have thought it was crazy before. (laughs) Having been raised Catholic, maybe you would have thought it was crazy too before your feather. But in 2016, I had another major bout of sleep deprivation. And I will never allow myself to go through that again, ever. So it's been almost four years now. But I was, again, having suicidal thoughts. And I prayed to God to please help me because I was sitting in my bed wondering if my ceiling fan would support me. And keep in mind, listeners, I was already married to my my soulmate, remarried now to my soulmate with three more kids. And it just felt so horrible, but sleep deprivation will do that to you. Mm-hmm. And I was just there praying. I saw the most evil monsters behind my eyelids that I had ever seen before. And I prayed one more time and all of a sudden a big white flash of light and an angel wing. No joke. Mm-hmm behind my eyelids and the monsters went away and I fell into the most peaceful sleep that I had had in years. Oh, I love it. And the next morning I came out to my desk and I have it. Listeners, if you watch any of my Facebook lives, you'll see it on the shelf behind me. There on my desk was a broken angel wing that had fallen off a belt mm. that one of my now teenagers had given me years before for Christmas. I'm not an angel person. Mm. I had put this bell aside. I don't even know where it was the night before. But that morning, the angel was laying on its side on my desk with the wing broken off. I love it. I love it. And that was just one of the those things that before that moment, I would have been like, yeah, right. exactly. Yes, yes, yes. I remember when what someone t- told me that. She said, Simone, you know you can communicate with your angels. And I was like, what? This was before I was opened up to all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, you would have, I mean, I would have been like, 
yeah, just feed me another load of pills. Exactly. Exactly. I was like, what is she talking about? So where did your kids come into play? And I know this is a really nosy question, but at the time when I left my ex, I had Mm -hmm. two young boys. They were four and seven or five and eight, you know, that general age. And there was physical abuse happening towards them. them. There was no physical abuse happening towards me. But even, I mean, and this is going to sound like I'm dismissing the physical, which I'm absolutely not. Mm -hmm. But I could not tolerate in any way my boys being taught that it was acceptable Mm -hmm. to treat anybody in the way that I was being treated Mm -hmm. or them in the way that they were being treated. Mm -hmm. And that was really the final straw. I was, I was sticking with the marriage so that the boys wouldn't grow up in a divorced household Mm -hmm. that like I was, Mm -hmm. but I realized that given the alternative that a divorced household would be a much happier way to be raised than with their parents sticking together and fighting constantly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, I also have a background in marriage and family therapy. So yes. And, you know, we, we all try to make it work. You know, we try to make it work, especially for the kids. And that that's why a lot of us stay where we probably shouldn't be, but it is better. And I always say that. I always encourage women. I, I say, listen, it's better to be in a divorced home and have a divorced situation for your your kids. You know, an environment where it's like you're, you're no longer together. But you know, at the same time, knowing that you're safeguarding them, you know, and you're safeguarding yourself. And because the thing is, if they stay there, then what is that telling them? Like you said, it's teaching them that it's okay. It's giving him a license to say, I can do this. It's okay to, to treat someone like this. It's okay to, to hurt someone verbally or physically or mentally. And it's not. And it's better to leave and have your children face divorce and you face divorce and you as a family work through it than for your children to remain where they are and see something that is not healthy for them. Absolutely. So... Yeah, I second that. I definitely second so that. So the street that we all lived in when I was still married to their dad, like the boys just don't even want to go down the street. It wasn't, yeah. I mean, I've never really gotten into it with them. They are amazing children. Mm-hmm. They're now 14 and 17. They're amazing boys. Mm. And watching them, my 14-year-old is Mr. Popular and his girlfriends like, left and right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one at a time, people just want to make that clear, one at a time. But the, how just hearing him talk to them is just like, good job. Good job, kiddo. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I did not. And I just want to put this out there for any woman who's listening, who perhaps has lost her job or given up her job to take care of the children or take care of the significant other. I had lost my job in 2008. I had started a business in 2005, which I had really no place to start and was making me literally a quarter a day. Mm. But when I left, the business had to go because again, a quarter a day is not going to sustain the family. So I was unemployed. Mm. I found an income-based apartment complex where I got a sweet deal. And I'm talking $150 for the first month and a half. Mm -hmm. But you better believe I was out there looking for a job constantly. And I did apply for public assistance. Mm -hmm. So 
in the States, I feel like public assistance gets a bad rap, Mm -hmm. that people who are receiving it Mm -hmm. are lazy. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that we just need to do away with that that stigma right now. Mm -hmm. It's there to support the people who need it. Mm -hmm. And if you are in an unsafe environment and you do not have the means to support yourself, it is there to help you get your feet back underneath you mm-hmm. so you could be safe again. Absolutely. Do, yeah. do not feel ashamed to go apply and get all the benefits that you can. We had cash assistance. We had child care assistance. We had food stamps. It was actually a debit card. Nobody would need to know that I was getting food assistance mm-hmm. and wait, child care, health and health. So I had four different types of assistance and I'm not ashamed to admit it. I was very ashamed at first. Mm-hmm. But I realize that's what it's there for. Absolutely. I agree. No, listen, when you are being faced with a situation where you're fearing for your life or for your children's uh, livelihood, you have to leave, you know, and knowing that we do have a system in place where you will be taken care of, you know, financially, you can get back on, on your feet. Knowing that is very important knowing that you can leave and you can regroup and rebuild and 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 start to start from the bottom up if you have to you know do what it takes but at least your children are safe you are safe and in time you will rebuild it's just a matter of time absolutely there was nothing better to me than sleeping on an air mattress for 4 months mm. but waking up and seeing the in the morning sun coming in my windows yes. And hearing my kids laughing and we didn't have cable. So like my younger boy at that time was on, he had the chipmunks movie on constant loop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. We still had DVDs. Okay. During this time, Mm -hmm. there was no Amazon prime Mm -hmm. yet that I was aware of, but I had to go like, that was a minor mom sanity purchase. I had to go get a couple more movies because I was like, I cannot have the chipmunks movie on constant (laughs) loop. Did you already have your business when you left? Were you working? Like, would you mind? Yeah. If you're open to it, yeah, just giving absolutely. a context there. So what had happened was this. So I, during the marriage, I had been working here and there because we had my first and I was working. I was working part-time because my ex did not want anyone other than family to take care of the kids. That was a huge issue for him. And so I said, fine, okay, all right. If he feels so strongly about it, then that's what we'll go with. So I had to work part-time because of that. And so when my second came along five years later, I stayed home and I stayed home much, much longer than I expected to. And so by the time that things started to really go south in our marriage, no, I, I hadn't been working at that point. So when I left, I left also being very concerned about my financial welfare, but I moved out and it was a, it was a battle. It was a huge battle because he tried to be sneaky with the money and he threatened me. I got threats and, and it caused a lot of anger within me. I, w- I became very angry and very resentful because I thought to myself, you know what? I spent 17 years with this guy and I gave everything to him. So why is he doing this to me? Why is he cutting me off financially? 
And I, I, you know, the way I looked at it too, was I sacrificed. I sacrificed the years that I spent getting my degrees. I mean, I did it for my kids. Yes. But why is he doing this? Why is he cutting me off? So I spent a good portion of the early separation being very fearful financially. But again, I was getting messages from my angels telling me, you don't want to be afraid. Don't attract that to you. You know, don't attract the negativity to you. Realize that you will be taken care of. And these were the messages that I kept receiving. So I eventually just kind of released the anxiety surrounding money. And then everything just fell in line and the divorce turned out in my favor. And financially I'm okay. I'm okay. And so now I'm I'm building this my business and excited about where it's headed. But that's that just gives you an idea of what I went through. But you know, everybody's story is different. You know, everybody's story is different. But I remember having to tell the kids, listen, no, we can't buy, no, you can't get Netflix. No, I don't have money for that. No, I'm sorry. No, circumstances have changed. You got to accept that. And you know, now the way I see it is their Mm -hmm. souls had to go through that as well. They did because they needed to realize that not everything is given to you when you want it. You can't have everything, you know, and it's important that we realize that because maybe down the line, they'll need to remember what they learned through that, you know? And the faster that we remember that everything that happens when it's even financial, having to get the the food stamps and having to rely on public assistance or saying, no, you can't have this. No. I had to tell my son too. One time I put my debit card in at Target and I was in the negative. Mm -hmm. I was like, baby, no, I can't buy you the Lego set. But we have to realize that that's all part of the journey. And the faster we realize that is the faster that we can begin to get everything that we deserve and attract everything we deserve because the universe does want to give us everything that we do deserve. But yeah, it happens, but you'll get through it. And it's important that others out there realize that they will get through it. It's just a matter of time. So my husband now and I met also in 2010, we got married in 2012 and he lost his job literally the week that we got married. And that was our sign Mm -hmm. that he really just needed to stop getting all these contract positions. He was working in warehouses and factories and pursue his childhood dream of, Mm -hmm. well, pursue his childhood dream. So he started college and I ended up starting this business in its first form to supplement our income. In those days though, I mean, in the years since we had when we were in that first income, we were still in the first income-based apartment when I started the business, we had our power shut off. I remember going down to the breaker boxes at the end of the apartment row mm-hmm. and trying to figure out if I could jimmy it open and turn the power back on. I was like, you know, we've had our water shut off. <laughs> you can listen about it, listen to it in yeah. previous episodes of the podcast listeners. We've had our water shut off. We always got it back within a day because... What I refuse to do is go hide myself in my bed and pull the covers up because that's not going to get me the water turned back off. So we've never done anything illegal. Have we thought about it? Heck yes. (laughs) I will not (laughs) deny. We have thought about it. I mean, 
I don't even want to say it, but now that I've said that I have to, I right. mean, there's a bank two block or like less than a mile from our house that has been robbed numerous times and the people have always gotten away. So we joked about it, you know, Oh boy! <laughs> but that's not with our right. faith and I'm no longer Catholic, but with our faith, we can't do that. But we had, mm-hmm. God didn't put us here to be lazy or the universe. We have a purpose in right. going into bed yes. and pulling the covers over your yes. head is not going to help you fulfill your purpose. Yeah. And if I hadn't gone through all these struggles, exactly. I mean, positive productivity does not mean that every single day that I am happy. I just need to put it out there that there right. are two days a month where I am in a foul mood. And yesterday was one of those days. So I took the PMS pill and promptly fell asleep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. Yep. We all have those. Trust me, all the time. I give myself those two days a month. My husband knows they're coming and he'll smile through those two Mm -hmm. days a month. But that's like the only, Uh and maybe I need to stop giving my permission to be a a B word on those days. But I I just, my patience just does. Oh, and last night was Girl Scout night and I'm a co-troop leader. Those girls, let me just tell you, if anybody thinks that being a Girl Scout troop leader is easy breezy, you are wrong. You are wrong. Like I never knew that 12 little girls could be more challenging (laughs) than the kids that I have in my house. (laughs) But I got home, I sat down and I was like, PMS pill, I'm out, peace. So anyway, you know, we've had it all. We've, we faced foreclosure and got out of it. We had a car repoed and we got it out or we got it back. But that was only because I wouldn't allow myself to get into bed. I had to keep on looking for the possibilities. And a previous guest of the podcast, Christina Miller actually said to me, because we were about to lose the house when we were recording that episode, she said, Kim, how often do you sit Mm -hmm. still and listen? And all I could say back was, huh? Mm -hmm. And she's like, in her case, it's God. In my case, it's God too. But I I am open to all spiritualities. She said, God's trying to tell you something. But you are so busy trying to figure it out for yourself mm-hmm. all the time that you are not sitting still and listening to the words that he might be trying to, to say. Yes. And you know what? Yes, I agree. And that's where meditation comes in. Meditation is so good for that. So good to get your mind still. It's so good to clean out all the thoughts that keep coming in at us And it cleans it all out because what's happening is our subconscious mind is full of of thoughts already. All the stuff that has happened to us, everything, all of our past experiences, they're all down there. And so meditation helps to still the mind so that we can hear our intuition, so that we can hear that guidance from above. And so meditation is a way to get centered, get grounded, get still and really understand what's happening within and really understand what's happening around you as well. You know, I remember when, you know, towards the end of the marriage before, before I left, I was very unhappy and I didn't know why. I just couldn't figure it out. Why am I so unhappy? I mean, what is there to be unhappy about? You know, I mean, our relationship wasn't really a connected relationship. We weren't really deeply connected, but I wasn't being abused physically, emotionally. I mean, emotionally, yes, because it was a one-sided relationship. And um, I only realized that again after leaving. 
But I remember being so unhappy and I didn't understand why. But again, it goes back to self-worth and loving yourself and not being still enough to understand what's going on inside of you and around you and realizing that I needed purpose and a sense of purpose to feel purposeful and happy and to love myself. Because when we're purposeful and we're doing something that's making a difference, then we start to to realize our worth and we start to embrace who we are and and love ourselves. And it just kind of all goes together. But yeah, you got to be still. And, you know, before going through all of this, I would never, ever have dreamed of meditating because I was, I always, I consider myself a busy bee and I'm always moving, always doing something. Me too. And you know what? And meditation didn't work for me when I first tried because I was too much in my head. I had to learn how to listen to my gut and my heart and my, that's the best way I can say it. I listen to my heart during meditation and it it brings me into my breathing. That's actually Uh something that I learned out of the podcast. Because I very important breath. Yes. Yes. But I was always too much in my head and I would get upset because my head wouldn't be quiet and people are talking about, you know, quieting your mind. My brain, my mind will not be quieted. Right. (laughs) Well, you know, well, listen, a lot of people think that meditation has to be sitting still and in this meditative position with your, you know, in an easy pose. Not necessarily. You can meditate walking in in nature. Absolutely. You can, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and we sometimes we don't realize that we can meditate walking in nature and, and just being within, get going within and just, you know, because that's, that's how the mind gets still, you know, and whatever you can do to get the mind still, then do it, you know, whether it's taking a, a, a bath, a bubble bath and just, you know, getting still there, you know, you don't have to be an easy pose to get, to get the mind still. You don't. I wanted to take a quick break from today's episode and ask you if you need to take a break from your business. Maybe you're working too many hours. Maybe you're trying to work on too many things. Maybe you have too many clients who just really aren't aligned with your greater purpose. If this sounds like you, I want to offer you an opportunity to join the Positive Productivity Pod, my monthly mentorship and coaching community. For only a dollar, you can jump in, get started, and enjoy 10 days in the community where you will meet so many awesome entrepreneurs. And then twice a month, you'll be able to hop on a live call with all of us and get the feedback that you need in that very moment for your business. If you're interested in starting today for only a dollar, head on over to thekimsutton.com forward slash pod to get started. I had to start journaling again. Not had to. I found that that works amazing for me. When I end my day with journaling and when I start my day with journaling, yeah, especially ending the day, getting everything that's on my mind out Mm -hmm. so I can sleep, it's amazing because usually there's things that I don't want to forget, but I also have really begun the gratitude practice at the end of the day. And I would say that's another form of meditation as well is the gratitude practice. I want to go back to what you were saying though. I found that I was always asking myself, what can I do to make him happy? What can I do to make him happy? How can I make this better? But 
then in self-reflection, I was like, you know, some of my critical needs are not being met. I would mm-hmm. love, and text messaging came about while we were married. It wasn't there at the beginning, but you know, just a random, how are you doing message during the day mm-hmm. or a kiss before he leaves for work or a kiss when he gets home f- from work. And when I brought those mm-hmm. things up, despite me constantly thinking, what can I do for him? What can I do to make this better? His response was, oh, those things don't matter to me. Well, they mm-hmm. matter to me. You know, and I even going to today, just this morning, I've, I actually saw a tweet just this morning and I retweeted it and put my own thoughts on, you know, you'll Mm -hmm. find time for what's important to you and Mm -hmm. for everything else, you'll find excuses. And Mm -hmm. I've decided that for 2020 and beyond, I find time for what's important and the rest I just say no to. But Mm -hmm. a big part of growing up for me and for moving into this new life, the life that I left behind with the first husband, was that I need to express what I need. I need to express what I want because nobody's mind readers. Mm -hmm. I mean, from everything from from meals. I mean, I had to tell my husband, I don't ever want to see another cold cut sandwich. Mm-hmm. You know, it's silly things mm-hmm. like that, but oh, I couldn't stand. And he puts Miracle Whip on instead of mayonnaise. I'm like, sweetie, I just, I do not like Miracle Whip on. But how was he supposed to know? Or right. don't wake me up at five o'clock in the morning because you're horny. I just need to say, right. it. you know, he wouldn't know <laughs> that that is like not acceptable to me, right? Unless I actually said so. And it, yeah. And my clients yes. don't know what's not acceptable to me unless I say so. Yes. I am excited that you are excited about this brand brand new idea that you had for your business at four o'clock this morning while you were at the gym, but do not text me, send me an email or wait until nine o'clock to text me because waking me up with a text at four o'clock in the morning is not going to make me a happy team member. That's the thing. And it's so important. Yes. That's that's a great point. It's so important to speak your needs. You got to let them know how you feel. You have to. And the thing is, I didn't either. I was the type that in the relationship, I ran from confrontation. I didn't want to rock the boat. I just didn't. I didn't like, yeah, I didn't like, I didn't like any uneasiness in the relationship. I didn't like, you know, anything to, you know, I just didn't like it. I was a chronic liar to avoid (sighs) confrontation. I'm just going to say that I left lies behind. With my marriage, mm-hmm. I decided I was never going to tell another lie. And okay, I've had yeah. to. I when it comes to Christmas and birthdays, there are white lies. Okay, <laughs> but beyond that, no, no more lies. But I found that I was right. avoiding confrontation by lying and giving him the answers he wanted, but instead of the ones I knew needed to be said. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know it, that's the thing. You know, it, it comes in all forms. It really does. It comes in all forms, and it boils down to not. And that's, that's women for you. Again, it's just not wanting to rock the boat and just wanting things to just be peaceful. We want peace. And so we take more than we should. And sometimes it takes getting the hard knocks to really realize that you need to speak your truth. You need to stand up for what you believe in and let others know how you really feel. Because, you know, that's the thing though, you know, I think we still have remnants of that culturally that for women, we have to like, you know, keep the peace. And, you know, but when, when you look back in history, women were, we didn't have a lot of rights. 
historically we didn't, you know, we didn't have the right to vote and we had to fight for that. So when you look back historically, this was going on and, and we still have remnants of that where sometimes we're afraid of rocking the boat. We're afraid of speaking our truth. And a lot of us, and I know for me, I can speak for me. I saw that growing up where, you know, in our household, my mom always tried to keep the peace. And so she never really spoke her truth. And so, you know, my dad always ended up being the one to have the last say. And so it's important to not be hard on yourself and be compassionate and kind with yourself and realize that a lot of this behavior is modeled. We model this from what we've seen from our own household. And just recognizing that and knowing that we need to heal those aspects of ourselves so that we can then live fully and happily. You know, how are, how are we going to be happy if we're not speaking our truth and, and getting what we want in a relationship? So yeah, definitely finding your voice. That's, that's huge. So yeah, I agree. And, and a lot of us go through that though, but recognizing that it really, it's not something to be ashamed of, but just to embrace it and recognize it and, and try to start changing that pattern where you are speaking your truth. You are standing up for yourself. You are standing up for what you believe in and letting, especially your significant other, know what you expect in that relationship and letting them know that you're not going to stand for, in, for anything less. And that's okay. But again, it boils down to self-worth. Amen. I yes. was looking at an email this morning. I, <laughs> admittedly, I received a follow-up email that mm-hmm. you haven't yet responded to this email. Can we please have a response? And I composed a draft about a week and a half ago, a draft response. And I'm, uh-huh. I turned 40 a year ago. So I'll be 41 this year. But I am finally, I want people to know this, this just doesn't necessarily happen overnight. I don't like the word adult. I'm just saying it. I feel like I'm finally growing up. I don't care for adulting much. (laughs) 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 But I feel like I'm finally understanding my worth. I'm finally being confident enough to voice my worth. And I was really proud of myself because I was working on the draft this morning. Sometimes I've realized, very often I've realized that the first thoughts that often come out of my head and go into an email are often very emotional. Mm. And when I let the emotions get into the way, they have a tendency to make me look weak. And I'm not saying that it's not good to express emotions. I'm not saying that at all but this is a business matter and I need to be very frank. But up until last year, I didn't feel like I had the power to stand up for myself when, when the rules of the game were changed. Let me just put it that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, even this morning I put into the email and this felt so good to say, I consulted with my attorney and Mm -hmm. this was just full disclosure. This was a client relationship gone bad. I consulted with my attorney and, and it felt so good to say that because do away with the doormat, like ditch the doormat version of you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, yes, I have consulted with an attorney because I am not going to be stepped over all the time anymore. Right. Right. And I could have said the same thing to the first husband. I talked to my attorney and, and I actually did now that I recall, I had gone for one of those free consultations that you can get from just about any attorney in the phone book. Hmm. I consulted with my attorney and that's all you got to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You insert whatever you need to after that. 
but I'm ditching the doormat this year. She is not welcome back in my life ever. Does that mean I'm not going to be an empath ever again? No, but I want you all to remember, and well, Simone, you're an entrepreneur now. Mm-hmm. We could take on everybody's personal problems as our own. We could be giving away mm-hmm. thousands mm-hmm. of hours to free, helping other people to fix their lives, to fix their businesses. But mm-hmm. we can also reclaim that time and be creating content that will help millions of people instead of just one. Mm-hmm. And I yes. know this is turning from, you know, female empowerment in regards to, you know, significant others and spouses to female empowerment and businesses, but I see it in both places. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. have to step up Mm -hmm. and stand up for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if you don't feel like you can get it on your own, then get a coach. Absolutely. Or get an accountability partner because there are people who will hold you accountable, who will proofread your emails before you send them Mm -hmm. and will have your back when you get that nasty gram response that you weren't quite expecting, but you knew was probably coming. Yeah. There will people who will let you cry for a second and then will kick your butt to keep on going because it's not going to get any better if you go back to bed. Oh yeah, absolutely. Listen, a a lot of times people don't realize that coaches have coaches, therapists have therapists, you know, it's necessary. I mean, we all are human, we're human. And so we need guidance, we need help. And so you can't be afraid to get a coach if you need help in business or if you need help, you know, in your, in your marriage or in your, in your life, getting things together in your life, you know, choosing a direction, a purpose in life. You know, if you need help, you can't be afraid to ask. And it's, it's not a sign of weakness. I don't see it as a sign of weakness. No, I, I think it as, it's a sign of strength. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's a sign of strength and knowing that there is help out there and you can get the help that you need to, to get to where you want to be. So yeah, I'm all about it. And definitely, I mean, coaches, again, coaches have coaches, therapists have therapists, and it's, it's just, it's part of it. And it's, it's part of us growing and, and getting to where we need to be, you know, in, in life. So definitely do what you have to do to get to where you need to be and want to be and should be, because it is your, your divine right to, to have everything that you want. So don't be afraid to, to reach out for a coach or a therapist or whatever you need. To get things straight for you. And if the first one doesn't work, then go get a new one. Absolutely. Yeah. I found, I just need to put this in there. We, so we did try marriage counseling, but I found that even though she wasn't presently in the room, my mother, my exit mother-in-law was always present in our marriage counseling sessions. Physically present? No. Okay. Through my, okay. through my ex's mouth, <laughs> Okay. her thoughts and opinions were always in our marriage counseling yes. sessions. Yes. I remember looking around one day and just saying, is she here? Is she my spouse? No? Well, then I don't really care what she thinks. Right. But the therapist wanted to hear. I'm like, look, right. unless you want me to go bring my mother into this conversation, this is our marriage counseling session. Mm-hmm. So either keep her out of it or we will go find a different therapist. Absolutely. And that's, that's the thing too, you know, I can share stories uh, similar to that too, with my mother-in-law, my ex-mother-in-law, you know, but the thing is recognizing that where that person is affecting the relationship, basically, you know, that person is a third person in there and really shouldn't be in there. So setting those boundaries in the relationship and saying, listen, you know, this is, 
our marriage or this is our relationship. And yes, your mother is close to you. Yes, you do love your mother. And, you know, I have utmost love for her too. But at the same time, she is not in this marriage. I'm not married to her. So setting those boundaries are very important because if not, then that's going to add to the mix. It's going to add to the mix and the marriage will get affected. It will. I guarantee it. I have a friend whose whose sister-in-law went on his honeymoon with him. Oh, wow. And his first wife. Well, his wife. Wow. (laughs) And she was just all, she would invite herself along to the family vacations, including. Yeah, but I mean. It's like, heck (laughs) no, just draw the line from the beginning. This is our honeymoon. So, but why didn't she say (laughs) something? Maybe she should have said something to. Well, I have to say, because he never expressed his opinion. And then they got divorced. And then he had no problem expressing. (laughs) But that's, I think, you know, if we just start every single new relationship with setting clear expectations Mm -hmm. and boundaries, whether it be a business relationship or a love relationship, or even a friendship, set Mm -hmm. those boundaries, set those expectations straight Mm -hmm. from the start. Absolutely. A lot of these problems would be. Absolutely. No. And that's something that I'm very big on as well. It's not only taking back your power and finding your voice, but it's also setting those limits. We need those boundaries. Everybody needs, kids need boundaries, right? We all need boundaries. Boundaries help us to get the self-respect, you know, that we deserve. Mm -hmm. Boundaries help us to identify our relevance and our, you know, who we are and our worth. And we grow in confidence by setting boundaries. You know, if we don't set those boundaries, then other people will step on us. It will happen, you know, and we won't get what we really want. We won't get what we want and we definitely want what we want. So setting those boundaries are, are crucial. You have to set those boundaries so that others know where you stand. And like you said, it's in all areas of your life. It can be a friendship. It can be with your mom. It can be with your, your cousin. It can be with your significant other. Setting those boundaries are crucial. And you know, like you said, the, the faster you, you set them, the better. Because what you're doing is setting the tone. And when you set the tone, other people know from the outset what you will and will not take. And you know what? I have to say that in the past, before my soul grew exponentially through all of this, I just, I didn't speak my truth either. And I didn't set those boundaries. And I gave my power away and I didn't find my voice, you know. But again, we've, we learn this and we, we learn through the hard lessons. We learn that we have to set those boundaries. And if we don't, then the outcome is not going to be pretty. But just recognizing it and putting it into practice, making a conscious effort to start setting the limits, recognizing, oh my God, look at that. She just, you know, did this or that, or he just did this or that, and it's stepping on my boundaries. You know, but you have to really, you can't just say boundaries. You, you have to know what your boundaries are, what you stand for, know what you stand for, know who you are, what you stand for, and then you can set those boundaries. And that's why it's important to really go within and know who you really are and what you stand for, your personal truths, so that you can know what mm-hmm. you will and will not take and you'll get the response. 
work. Where does listening to your gut come into how you live today? Mm. You know, trusting my gut took a while, but now I can safely say that I trust my intuition fully. But again, that came for me, it came through meditation because now my mind is more still than it was three years ago, you know, and now I can actually hear my soul speaking to me. My soul was speaking to me before, but things were so loud and and busy and crazy that I didn't hear it. Mm-hmm. So your soul is like your, it, it's all, it's all the same word, really. It's soul, intuition, your, your gut, you know, it's all the same. It all stems from that, just trusting your essence, your soul. So trusting your intuition took a while for me, but now I can say I trust my intuition fully. And I know that when a thought arises in my head, if it's based on my beliefs and my my truths, my personal truths, then I go with it. You know, now I trust what others show me. You know, <laughs> I don't second guess and say, well, maybe, maybe I'm I'm wrong. Maybe I'm jumping the, you know, maybe I'm overthinking this. Maybe I trust what others show me. I trust when, you know, someone steps over my boundaries and and does something to hurt me in some way or says something and tries to hurt me in a specific way. I trust that. I trust what what my soul is is telling me. But it does take time. Thank you for for clarifying yeah. that because I was thinking about it on the other side that somebody's showing you the good side and and that you're believing, but I really appreciate that you clarified that because people's mm-hmm. actions show mm-hmm. so much. And thank you because I mean early in my relationship with my now husband mm-hmm. Dave I got this gut feeling one day that mm-hmm. something was off. He had broken a date that we had been looking forward to for weeks. And I just felt something was off. I'm not going to get into the full details of the story, but we ended up breaking up for three or four months due to some things that had transpired. But something in my gut kept on saying, nope, this is the guy for you. So like every single night when I slept, I dreamt of him. To this mm. day, wait, how many years later is it? So my first husband and I met in 1996. I have to this day never, even while we are dating, married, long distance relationshiping, never had a dream about my first husband Mm. to this day, like even in nightmares after I left him. But every single night while I was separated from my now husband, I dreamt about him. So I was like, I have to do this. And and I was right on that. But now it's it's been brought into my business mm-hmm. as well. And I have to say, even with my first husband, my gut was telling me to leave. Mm-hmm. My instinct was telling me to leave. But my head, and it's done this in my business too, mm-hmm. was telling me to stay for the money. Stay with a bad client mm-hmm. for the money. Because the money you need the money, Kim. Or stay with stay with the ex-husband until he until you're eligible for to receive some of his pension and his social security. You just have to last one more year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I talked to my dad about it and my dad and I have had a strained relationship mm-hmm. forever. And he said, is your happiness worth staying one more year? Mm-hmm. And I was out four months later because I realized, no, sacrificing my happiness and my boy's happiness is not worth that sacrifice anymore. I just had to put the... Yes. And then in my business, I also realized that giving up by not listening Mm -hmm. to my gut and staying Mm -hmm. for the money that I was sacrificing other potential Mm -hmm. clients 
the clients that I wanted to be working with that I know are great people. And I've, I've since started working with a few of them and they actually told me, yeah, I wasn't going to work with you while you were working mm-hmm. with this person. You see, but right. I wouldn't let it go because yeah. of the money. Right. Right. Well, yeah. When, when you live in alignment with your personal truths and, and who you really are, then you begin to attract what you deserve. And, you know, so if you had remained in that relationship and if I had remained in, in that, in our relation, our previous relationships, then we wouldn't get what we deserve, you know, and that's why it's so important to really know who you are and know your worth so that you say to yourself, okay, this is not in alignment with who I am and what I deserve. I'm leaving. I'm done. That's it. But yeah, trusting your intuition is so crucial because it's your soul speaking to you, saying, listen, this is not for you. And I know my soul was telling me that. I remember. And I think that was part of why, now that I look back, it's part of why I was so unhappy because my soul kept saying, this is not the relationship for you. You know that. This is not it. You want something else. You want something deeper, more connected. You want a relationship that's reciprocal, not one-sided. You know, you want a healthy, loving relationship. And so that was my intuition, but I, I chose not to listen for many years. And again, I was so unhappy, but I didn't get it. It just, I just didn't get it. I didn't not, I, I didn't get why. But again, it boiled down to self-worth. I guarantee you now I know who I am, what I'm worth, and I won't accept anything less. And that's what I am passionate about helping women discover themselves, discover their worth and embrace it and, and know what they deserve so they can get everything that they want in this life. You have me over here cracking up, not because of what you're saying, but I'm just thinking about memories that I haven't thought about for years. Wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they crack me up now, even though they pissed me off then. Like I was eight and a half months pregnant with child number one, and we were driving down the New York State Thruway, which if anybody has ever driven down the New York State Thruway, if you get off, you're off. And then there's limited rest stops on the Thruway Mm -hmm. itself. And I wanted ice cream. I'm eight and a half months pregnant. Give me my ice cream, right? (laughs) And he looked at me. He's like, no, you've gained enough weight already. Now, admittedly, I mean, I have five-year-old twins. No, I am not Julia Roberts. I did not get back to a size two, like within two months of having twins. And stress helped me gain a lot of weight too. I'm making excuses here and I'm working on it, eliminating the stress. But my husband now, he's like, Oh, I love you no matter what size you are. And he saw at the store Nutella. He knows I love Nutella. It was right there. He picked it up and brought it home. Eh. You're eliminating your stress. The weight's going to continue coming off. I know you like to eat it. I thought I'd make you happy. That's what we need. Someone to accept us for who we are. Yeah. And when you've got a nine pound, six ounce baby in you, you can get your freaking ice cream. Don't let anybody tell you no. You need someone to accept you for who you are. It's true. It's true. Mm -hmm. But you know, the thing is, Kim, you were able to see that now and you were able to attract someone who gave you that because you love yourself and you know your worth. And that's why now you were able to attract that relationship into your life. You know, the universe gave you what you deserved, what you knew you deserved. And then you attracted it because, Hey, I know, I know my worth, you know? So yeah, I love it. 
<laughs> for women who are listening, and I, I have to say, like, I always wanted to talk about this more on my podcast and on my blog, but knowing where I came from, I was always concerned about putting women who might be in a relationship like I was into jeopardy with their with their phone searches or their computer searches. Now, women, women who are listening, if you are going through something like this, I want you to know, just open up a new incognito browser. And in a moment, I'm going to have Simone share where you can go to learn more about her. But if you need to, we're here to support you. You don't need to feel like you've got to hide everything that you do. Open up an incognito browser. I think that should work. Mm -hmm. If somebody knows otherwise, please put a comment down below. But there are safe ways to get help to reach the next level in your life and reach the happiness that you deserve. But Simone, with that said, where can our awesome listeners who may very much need your support go to learn more about you and what you do and just connect? Okay. You know what? Let me just say, Kim... Does an incognito browser on that? Work? Yeah, yeah. On that note, if anyone is in a dangerous situation, any domestic violence going on, um, there is a one eight hundred number that I'd love to share. Please, it's the National Domestic Violence Hotline. That's one eight hundred seven nine nine seven two three three. Thank you. Okay, and if if there's any also dating. Violence, teen dating violence. The hotline is 1 866 331 9497. Yeah, th- that way, you know, you get the help that you need and um, you distance yourself from something that doesn't serve you, doesn't grow you, and is o- only causing you pain. But my website is empowerbysimone.com. You can find me there. And you can also find me on Facebook but primarily on Instagram. I love Instagram. That's my favorite social platform. And you can find me under Simone Allison. And I think that's it. That's, uh, and my book is Disempowered No More, A Spiritual Journey to Discovering Purpose, Power, and Passion After a Divorce. Incredible. And all those links, everything, everywhere that you can find Simone. So if you are trying not to burn your curry, don't want to fall off the elliptical <laughs> or are driving, head on over to thekimsutton.com forward slash PP670. And you can find all the links right there. And I would also love to hear what ahas you've received out of this episode, how we have supported you and how you plan to take what you heard today and implement it into your own life. So make sure to leave a comment down below. Simone, thank you so much for what you are doing. Actually, I didn't even ask you, how are you working with with your clients today? Well, I'm working with them Mm one-on-one and I'm also working with them in a a group online uh, program. Love it. So they can find that all on my website, all the information's there. And I would love to help you and, and get you to where you want to be. You know, the thing is, it's a journey. It's a journey, but recognize that you are stronger than, than you think. And we all are, but it's, it's a journey and knowing that it, it all boils down to knowing your worth, loving yourself and attracting all you deserve. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. 
I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level. Thank you.